Hey there, Fit Fam. Welcome to the only podcast where we're breaking the mold and rewriting the rules. I'm here to debunk the myths, spill the tea, and serve a hefty dose of reality. No matter where you're at in your journey, we've got something for everybody. So buckle up because we're about to unleash the basics in the most unapologetic way possible. From shedding pounds to embracing your inner badass, I'm here to remind you that skinny is so last season and the basics are anything but boring. So grab your favorite piece of protein and your water bottle and get ready to be empowered, entertained, and educated because being a basics bitch has never looked this good. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Call Me Skinny. Today, I have an amazing guest with me today. Uh, Her name is Beth, and she is one of my most... Well, all my clients are favorite, but she is just so special to me. And I just wanted to today have a conversation with her so you guys can kind of see what it's like in the inner world of working with me because a lot of people come to me and they're like, this is nothing like what I thought it was going to be. It's so different than anything that I've ever done. And so Beth is a mama and she has a full-time job and a full-time husband and all the great things that all women think that prevent them from getting in the way of getting what they want and to stepping into the best version of who they want to be. And so Beth, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes, 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 yes. So excited. So excited. Um, Okay. So let's talk about, we're just going to like jump right into it now. I'm going to warn everybody first, Beth and I will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So uh, just so, yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, So just so you know, we're just riffing today. We're just going for it. And so I want, Beth, I want you to talk to me a little bit about where you kind of, how, like, I guess how your life has been with your health, essentially, and then how you found me and what has happened since. Okay. So I have always kind of struggled with my weight my whole life. Um, I think the only two times that I was tiny in my life was when I was born at five pounds and when I was nine months pregnant and you couldn't see that I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've always been husky, bigger, um, and I was pre-diabetic for a while, and um, my mom had a stroke and passed away in um, the late 2022, and she really didn't live a healthy life and she was a diabetic. She had high cholesterol and high blood pressure and, you know, just the the gamut of unhealthy lifestyle. And after kind of wallowing for six months and not taking care of myself and um, officially moving from pre-diabetic to diabetic, I just kind of, hit a wall where I said, I don't want to meet that same fate. I don't want to die early from a stroke as a result of an unhealthy lifestyle. So I've tried everything in the book. Um, Beachbody, Advocare, Optivia, um, HIIT training, fasting. I mean, you name it. And I've tried it. And 
I just was scrolling Instagram and came across one of Sarah's reels. And I was like, hmm, we kind of have some similar thoughts because I was kind of done with the BS. I was done with the quick fixes. I was done with, I want to lose 20 pounds. And I, I remember when we had our onboarding call, I specifically said to you, I'm not concerned about how much weight I lose. I don't, I'm not concerned about what the scale says. I'm concerned about improving my health and being healthier overall. Um, and so I kind of stalked you for a little bit and, you know, I think it was at the end of last school year that I finally reached out and said, Hey, let's have a conversation about what this looks like. And so I think we officially started at the beginning of June. And yep. so I have been working with you for seven months now. Yep. And I feel like I have just had a complete mind shift change um, in a year. It, it's, I'm a completely different person. I'm healing my relationship with food. Um, I am stronger than I've ever been. And I'm not worried about what the scale says. I'm more worried about how I feel and, and what my labs say and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that gave me chills. I like uh, my whole body <laughs> went Ooh, like that because that is literally why that is my goal is to help change lives, right? That's what I desire to set out. That's why I started this to begin with. Um, having never really thought about doing something like this before. Um, so your story is very similar to my story, right? Uh, constant life struggle mm -hmm. with weight, trying every fad diet that you could possibly try under the sun, getting nowhere, maybe having some weight loss, but gaining it back and then losing it again and then gaining it back. Yep. Right. Um, until you find this thing that's like, oh, this is, this is what this is. Okay. This makes sense. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like I've talked about this many times too, that I'm pretty sure I was probably at minimum pre-diabetic when I hit my highest weight. Uh, but I refused to go to the doctor because I was not about to have somebody tell me that I'm a pre-diabetic. Like that was not happening. Right. Mm -mm, no. It definitely stings. Yeah, right. And then to be full-blown diabetic, right? And to be clear, type 2, we're talking type 2 diabetic, not type 1. So different yeah. different situation than a type 1 diabetic. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. When you got told, hey, you're full-blown diabetic at this point, what was, how did it feel? And then how did what was like the protocol that we were, that, that I say we, but like that you were given that, that we as humans are given, what, what did that look like for you? And how did you feel about that? So I for sure cried in my doctor's office and told him that I felt like a failure because I had held off becoming officially diabetic for many years. And then it just kind of, I guess I, couldn't hold it off anymore because yeah. I was not being as healthy as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have a great physician who gave me a great pep talk and said, you know, this does not mean you're a failure. It means that you have this disorder and we have to manage it. Um, and so I was prescribed a couple of medications. One of them was Ozempic. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking the Ozempic and I had pretty decent weight loss initially. Um, 
And then I stopped losing weight and I gained it back. And the Ozempic wasn't doing what it was supposed to. I mean, it was managing my blood sugar, but, you know, everyone gets on Ozempic to have a dramatic weight loss. And again, there was the, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me that even Ozempic isn't making me lose weight? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of to fast forward a little bit, um, I had gone for a follow-up and my labs had improved dramatically. And I asked my doctor if I could come off the Ozempic because I just didn't like the things that I was seeing about it. And he said, well, I was actually going to increase your Ozempic because it, I felt like you plateaued on it. And I said, well, can, can we just do a trial of me coming off of it? And even coming off of the Ozempic, my labs improved. Yeah. And he was going to increase my dose. So I think that is a testament to... Um, the importance of being mindful and, and and please do not misunderstand that I am not, I have not eliminated sugar completely from my diet. I'm just smarter about it. Um, so I was able to come off the Ozempic. I'm down to one medication for my diabetes and I'm hopeful that when I go back, I might be able to do a trial off of that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of feel hugely successful in, you know, being better able to manage this diagnosis without pharmaceuticals and with diet and exercise. Yeah. And I think I want to be super clear because even if you go, even, even if you go to my Facebook page today, you're going to see that I came hard because people want to do just this dramatic weight loss, quick fix, give me the shot, it'll help me, just a Kickstarter, just all these things, not really understanding that this medication, it's medication, um, it's not a protein shake that'll help you lose weight, right? Like this is a full-blown actual medication that you have to be pres- prescribed. Um, and I go hard at it, I really do, but I do want to be clear and I want you to explain and just talk about how did you feel when you and I were talking about Ozempic? Do you feel like I was judgy? Oh. Did you feel like I was shamed you? Did you? Because some people get really like at me, not really understanding the, the back end of me, if that makes sense. Right. So <laughs> my experience was that you were very clear that if this was a medication that my doctor prescribed, that... I needed to take the medication that my doctor prescribed mm-hmm. and do what my doctor said. Yes. Um, there was no judgment. And, you know, seeing some of your reels, I was like, I'm on Ozempic. And you were like, okay. And I'm like, and it's for diabetes. And you were like, okay, you have a medication that you're taking from your doctor. That's what you should be doing, mm-hmm. taking a medication that your doctor prescribed. So once I got over the initial, like, oh, is she going to judge me? <laughs> like once it was clear that you were not, Um, I felt completely confident in having the conversation and I was the one who came to you and said in, in one of our one-on-ones, you know, I would like to come off this medication. Mm -hmm. I would like to not have to take a shot every week. Um, and you were supportive, but also just so validating and encouraging that like, okay, so what, how are you going to react if your doctor says, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, 
it's okay if your doctor says, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Like maybe we can prolong it a little bit and, you know, try again in a little bit. So it, in at no time did you ever say like, you have to get off this medication because this is terrible. Mm -hmm. And I do like, I clearly remember you saying to me, you are prescribed this medication for type two diabetes. That is a different thing than you being prescribed this medication for an off-label use. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting too, because there are doctors that are prescribing this medication for just weight loss there, there, that is happening. Like that's, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I say that because we're going to correlate the fact that your doctor wanted to increase your dosage, right? He wanted to take what you were taking and make it more. And the problem that we're seeing right now is for people like you who are prescribed this for an actual uh, medical reason, when the doctor goes to increase it, typically the patient cannot even get the increase because it cannot be found now is what's end up happening. So now you're having yeah. people who actually have a medical condition who need this medicine, who are prescribed this medicine for a medical reason, unable to even get the medicine that they actually, that they actually need to have because you have mm -hmm. doctors who are prescribing it for, uh, for just weight loss. You have med spas who are handing it out like candy. You can go buy your Nikes and next door you can get your weight loss shot. Like cool. Um, and so it's, it's becoming a bigger issue. And so I encourage those of you that are on this medication to really start making a plan to come off of it because it's getting to a point where it's like, are you even going to be able to get it? Like, that's a conversation we've had, like you and I had, like, yeah, I'm really worried that I'm going to be able to not get this medication at some point. Because there were months when I, cause I took it for about a year and there were months where, you know, I would call the pharmacy for the, the uh, refill and they would say, oh, you know, we're expecting a shipment. We don't know when it's going to come in, but we'll let you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to call around then because like, and then it started where I was like, okay, well, now I need to get a three-month supply yeah. so that I can make sure that I have my, my backup in case we hit this again. And, and again, it really, it lowered my A1C. It lowered my blood sugar. It definitely helped. But then to see now that I can do that without it. Right. Is, it's, it's, it's incredible. I would, you know, if my insurance covered it, most of it, I just had to pay a copay, but it can be a really expensive medication. Um, so I'd rather not pay for it and not have to inject myself once a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then taking a shot in general, like I know like a lot of, there's some women or even men who take Humira, for instance, and that's either a weekly or a biweekly shot as well. And it kind of has that same piece where it's like, eventually it's going to tap out. Eventually it'll stop working in the body um, because you guys, our bodies are smart and they know what to do. And so it'll just deregulate to everything that you're automatically doing or putting in it. So, um, so I just wanted to clear that up because like, even if you go read my post yeah. today, I come hard at it and it's not coming from a place of like, oh my God, I can't believe people take this stuff. It's like, there's a time and there's a place. Um, I even know somebody who has, um, a, a nonverbal autistic child and 
Um, there is a point in time that as an adult, she actually may have to take some type of medicine like this because her brain cannot tell her to stop eating food. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it does is it slows down that system a little bit to tell you to like stop consuming so much food essentially. Um, but her brain can't do that. So right now she has parents that are able to help guide and do those things, right? Again, this would be a medical purpose. This would be, this is not just because, well, I did this thing and it. I, I tried, you know, I don't even know, Weight Watchers and it didn't work. And now Weight Watchers is handing out the shot. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like, just like candy, like here, wait, I feel like it's Oprah. Like, here's your shot. Everybody gets a shot. You get a shot. Everybody, you know, and it's like, there are actual people out here who need it, who, who need to have it for medical reasoning. Yeah. And like you were struggling, like, well, crap, how am I going to get it? <laughs> like, right. this isn't safe actually medically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it'd be like having no metformin or having no, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same concept. Like, yeah. Not good. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll leave the we'll leave the Ozempic in the past and uh, move forward. So, we talked we talked a little bit about your kind of the fad diets you've tried. Much like me, you've mm-hmm. kind of tried just about everything out there. And I'm curious to know, like, your opinion of how I help you learn a little bit differently than say your standard, even Weight Watchers or Advocare or Beachbody or things like that. What do you, what is the difference in what I do versus what they do? So I think the biggest thing for me was the focus on the scale versus other factors. So one of the things that we talk about a lot is that the scale is a metric. The scale is just one piece to the puzzle but I felt like in all of the other um, programs, it was how much weight did you lose? What is your weigh in today? How many pounds? And that is very, very difficult to rewire in a brain that has spent, you know, many, many years focusing on what does the scale say? If the scale goes up, you're a failure. If the scale goes down, you're a success. And that is like how I spent all of my adult life. And, you know, it's, it's the holidays and I've been mindful, but the scale trended up a little bit over the last few weeks. And I messaged you yesterday (laughs) and said, I'm not worried about what the scale says because I know that like you have taught me over the last seven months that some of that is just water weight. Some of it is I've actually lifted a little bit heavier the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not, I I did not eat enough to gain all of that weight in pounds. I know that because you taught me that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't feel like a failure. I don't feel like, you know, I failed the holidays because I gained some weight back. Um, I know that it's I'm out of my routine. I'm on winter break right now. And once I get back into the routine, things are going to level out. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's important to, um, to know, like, and let's talk about that piece too, because you've done actually quite a bit of travel since you've been with mm-hmm. me. Uh, you traveled pretty 
when was your first travel? Was it like maybe a month or two months in to working together? It, it, was, June? it was like two weeks in to two working weeks. together. I went on my, cause it was start, the start of summer break. Okay. Um, so I went to spend a week with my friend and, yes. um, then a couple weeks after that, I went home to Rhode Island for a few days. Um, yeah, I've been home to Rhode Island a couple of times. Yes. I've been on a cruise. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been out to Vegas to visit my sister. Yeah, I've done a lot of traveling yeah. <laughs> in the past few months. Yeah, so let's talk about how that looked differently this time than last, like the times in the past. I know that you've mentioned to me like, wow, traveling now is so much different than when I used to travel. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so there, for I think for a couple of reasons. The first one is definitely like there's less guilt. So I'm not, I feel like before when I would travel, I would indulge heavily and then be guilty and feel guilty the whole time that I was indulging. But I'm like, I'm on vacation. It's fine. I can do this. Where I kind of changed it to how does this body, how does this make my body feel? If I'm, if I'm indulging in this, am I going to have heartburn later? Am I going to feel nauseous later? So being more mindful about my indulgences and not feeling guilty about them. Because you know what? In every single trip I took, I didn't gain weight. Mm -hmm. And there were actually a couple of them that I lost weight. Mm -hmm. um, and it, again, to be very clear, I was not restricting myself. I was being mindful. I prefer to track even when I'm on vacation. Um, so I was being mindful about what I was having, but I wasn't restricting myself to 1200 calories. Yeah. To be very clear. Yeah. I was eating what I wanted. I just was being more conscious of what I was having. And I would still get my movement in. So I would still get my steps every day. Um, if I was traveling, I have a, a membership for the gym that I can use in, you know, many locations. So when I was traveling, if it fell on a day that I was supposed to lift, I would go to the gym and lift. Right. Because that's what makes me feel good. That's what makes me feel strong. Um, so yeah, it's, I was able to travel all of this time with less guilt and more joy, I think. Mm. Um, and one of the things I told you in the onboarding call was that just from the weight that my body was carrying, my hips would hurt, my knees would hurt, my ankles would hurt. And I don't remember which trip it was. It might've been when I went to Vegas and we did a lot of walking on the strip. And I said, I walked like 19,000 steps today and I did not hurt mm -hmm. I remember at all. This. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge thing too. And, and I haven't lost a ton of weight. Like the scale has not, it's not been a dramatic weight loss, but I'm stronger and my joints are healthier and it just has made such a difference in my quality of life, which then makes traveling more fun, less painful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Except for when it rains every day on a cruise. 
Except for when it rained every day on a cruise and the ship rocked back and forth. (laughs) I literally said she needs to go on another one just because that you can't end on that. You can't go on a cruise and that be the cruise. You got to go on another cruise. Yeah. That's clear. Obviously, that's the answer. (laughs) It was awful. It was so underwhelming. Um, So, yeah, I'll have to do something. this year to make up for that. For sure. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important because, you know, somebody that I recently um, onboarded last week, uh, you know, one of her biggest questions was like, man, are you just a weight loss coach? And I'm like, man, no. Like, that's the thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. I have to, what do women want? Women want to lose weight. We want the number on the scale to go down because it's all the things. But it's like, once you step into my world, it's like, oh, it's so much more than like you're talking about within like the scale. I remember walking into Weight Watchers and just completely getting a side eye for, you know, putting on weight. Didn't matter that I was on my period. Didn't know that you gain weight on your period, guys. No fucking clue there, right? Like had no idea. Um, I actually tend to gain more weight when I ovulate than on my period, uh, something I've noticed, right? And all these different things, and all these different nuances that legitimately make women feel nuts, stupid, crazy, failure, psycho. I mean, I will go to that point where it's like, am I just effing crazy? Put me in a straitjacket and put me in a room because right. like you had mentioned, like I'm broken. I'm broken. Like even Ozempic isn't working. Like what's so wrong with me when the drug that is literally supposed to help me isn't doing what it's supposed to, what's wrong with me. Right. You know, which is just, it's, that's a hard place to be at. Right. So, and it to be here on this side of it, learning that I'm not broken, learning that it's just being taught incorrectly over your whole life about how it works and then it's like it just has opened up just a whole nother world of confidence and um appreciation for my body and what it can do and learning the trends of you know my cycle and you know when I travel when I fly I retain fluid and so I don't weigh myself when I'm traveling because I get puffy and I feel icky and mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not going to benefit me in any way to look at the number on the scale. And so um and I I know that one of the things that we've talked about is like the rewiring of the way I think. And so like each time that I went away and then I would come home and I'd say, "Man, there's a spike on the scale." And then two days later, it goes right back down because I'm back in the routine. Mm-hmm. Um, that has given me the confidence to know now, like I just said, I'm out of my routine. I may not be traveling, but I'm not, I'm not eating the way I normally do. And I'm not, you know, I've, I've had a few adult beverages over the past week to celebrate the holiday and I know that those things impact what the scale says. And and one thing that really has stuck with me, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it, you said it a while ago okay. about like, would you be happy if when you saw that you lost weight, that it was actually muscle that you were losing? And would you be upset 
if when you saw that the scale increased, that it was actually that you were putting on muscle and getting stronger? Like, would you still be mad at yourself? And that is what I try to remind myself is because, you know, I'm human and it, you can't undo a whole lifetime of no. negative thoughts in seven months. Mm -hmm. So I still remind myself like, yes, the scale went up. It could be muscle. It could be water weight. It could be whatever. And so just that positive self-talk to not dwell on just that number on the scale. Yeah. And if you don't want to talk about this, by the way, just say, no, we're, we're going to skip this piece. But I want to talk about that brief month when we yeah. went off one medication. Can we talk about that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we took, we, we talked about how she came off Ozempic. And during this time, you actually started a different medicine. I'm going to let you talk about it because I want you to just say what sure. you're comfortable saying. Sure. So um, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, which is, I think, pretty common now. Like, us 40-something women are realizing that that diagnosis could have been missed when we were younger, especially yeah. if we're, like, overperforming and high achievers and people-pleasers. Yep. Um, lots of masking that probably went on in my life. Um, but so I was diagnosed, and I did a trial of an ADHD medication. It was not a stimulant. Um, and when I had come off the Ozempic and started the ADHD med and the scale had, I had hit a low and then the scale just kept on creeping up little by little. And I was, you know, reaching out to Sarah and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I swear to God, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not cheating. Like, I am like 95% accurate on my food logs. I, I'm not indulging. I don't know what is happening. I'm, I'm drinking my water. I'm getting my steps. I'm doing my lists. I don't know what is happening. And come to find out, I was having what I'm guessing was an allergic reaction to the ADHD med. My blood pressure was dangerously high. Um, I felt like puffy, like I was just retaining a bunch of fluid. And I scheduled an appointment with my doctor and I said, you know, I came off of it. I took myself off of it because the blood pressure was so high that it was leaning towards dangerous territory. Yeah. And so once I came off of that med and everything kind of leveled off, it was like, like, as you would say, whoosh, it was like my body stabilized again and all of that weight came back off um but I was so worried that you were gonna think that I was mm. like sitting in the closet <laughs> eating a whole package of Oreos and not tracking it yep. and it was like I swear I'm doing I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to I don't know but it was having that conversation with you where you're like I I don't I don't think that Right. I, I don't think that you're doing that. You've given me no reason to think that. Um, so we need to kind of figure out what is causing this. And it was actually that conversation with you that helped me to figure out like, oh my gosh, I should check my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And it was dangerously high. And um, 
I don't know if I would have come to that realization on my own. I don't know if like I had to talk it through with you. So it's just like having you in my corner. It's like having someone right by my side that I know has got my back and is looking at all of the, all of the things with my health and not just the number on the scale, like all of it, like you helped me work through, okay, like what is different in this past month? Like what, tell me how you feel different. Tell me. And I'm like, well, my face has been really flush and you know, I can't fit my rings on because my fingers are puffy. And so all of those things, I was, I, oh my God, I bet my blood pressure is high and we figured it out. And I don't know, it probably would have taken me a lot longer to figure out had I not had access to like my coach, my person to like help me work through that. If I was on my own, I don't, if I was going to Weight Watchers, I don't think that I would have, I probably would have just spiraled. And there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, it's okay. Stay the course. This is where people quit, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to quit. Like you are going to stay on the course and you are going to continue doing what you're doing. And I would have quit a hundred times over without having your support and validation along that, that process. Well, I I thank you for that. So thank you for sharing that. I want to talk about two different things here. Number one, as I always make it super clear, and I talk about it on my podcast, and I talk about it with all my clients, but I stay in my own scope. I am not a doctor. I'm not a medical physician. I don't have any training. I don't want it. I don't like blood. I don't like any of that shit. I'm out. Pass. <laughs> like, this. that's not yep. for me, okay? So for me... I, I am a data collector so that if I ever have to bring somebody else in or like this, when we're like, something's not right. Now we're going back and looking at check-ins. Oh, I feel puffy. My rings aren't fitting anymore. This is happening. We also came to the conclusion. You're like, man, I've had some headaches. And Mm -hmm. that was another, that was another thing. I'm like, okay, we need to start writing this down so that when you go to your doctor, you have this conversation with your doctor. Because again, I'm not a medical person. Like, I don't know. Are there side effects of coming off Ozempic? No fuck. I don't actually know. That's not my wheelhouse. I don't know the ins and outs of that. I don't know the ins and outs of the ADHD medicine. So, you know, she said, I took myself off of that. That was not, hey, I think you need to stop taking this medicine. It's like, hey, whatever you think. No, that was me. Yeah. Whatever you think you need to do, I'm going to support your decision. Essentially, you become the leader. I just, again, I'm always like the bumpers and I'm the, you know, I'm the dartboard. I'm just there to guide the dart a little bit. Just let's hit the fucking thing. Even if we don't get a bullseye, right? right? I don't even know what that's called. I don't know. Board? I guess it's a board. Um, hence dartboard, dartboard. It would make sense. Um, so that's number (laughs) one. So I always want to stay in my wheelhouse, but it's also why, the check-ins are so important because it's data collection. And when I do a check-in, it's not just like, what did you eat? How was the scale? What did you eat? How was the scale? It's like, what right, is your no. mood? <laughs> what is your energy? How was your sleep? How was your poop? Let's talk about poop. Um, right. Like things like Are you this. on your cycle? Yeah. Are you on your cycle right now? You know, and it was the fact that the weight, we talk about using the weight as a tool And that was a data point that we were able to see was continuously, slowly, it was very slow, 
but it was a very continuous creep up. And I was like, something isn't right. Something's not right with this. Right. And that's a way for us to use the data. And then we go back in and see, oh, in one of her check-ins, she talked about feeling bloated. In another check-in, she talked about her rings aren't fitting now. Have that conversation. It's like something isn't right. Right. We have to have that that kind of that, that conversation, that communication. Um, and that's my job. My job isn't to fix that piece. My job is to, how do we get to this conclusion? And then it's on to technically the client to then go figure that piece out with their doctor essentially. Um, and I'm always an advocate for you to add, you know, I was trying to tell you, make sure you stand your ground. Like it's okay to advocate for yourself because it is like the doctor still may say something, and that's okay, right. right? But at the end of the day, you get to do what you want to do because it's your body, right? So, um, yeah. so we'll take that piece, right? Like I'm always real specific about staying in my wheelhouse. And Absolutely. the other thing I wanted to touch on is your fear that I thought you were lying. Right. <laughs> and this is actually super duper common because there's a lot of times a lot of women won't be honest about what they're consuming because they're ashamed, Essentially, they feel bad and they don't want their coach to know. And when Beth came to me on our very first call, on our very first call, I knew that Beth was bought in. She was all in on herself. This was not her quick fix. Oh, I'll just see if this works. Oh, I'll just nope. dip my toe in. Eh. She's very, you know, very like this. I, this is I, what I need. Right. We had tears on the call. We were crying on the call. It yeah. was, it was a great call. Honestly, yeah. it's a great call. And that's how I know it wasn't what you thought I thought because never once in the, in the few months prior to that moment, had you ever lied about what you were doing, yeah. right? When we first start tracking, we first start tracking, let's get an idea. What are we actually consuming right now? You would track sometimes 25, 2,800 calories. So when yeah. this was starting to happen, I'm like, well, there's no reason for me to think that you're eating a, you know, a whole pizza in your car before you walk in your yeah. house and have dinner because right. you've never done that to me before, right? And so I, I yeah. as a coach, wanted to make it super clear, like, I don't think that you're, you know, hide eating things. You're, you're not hiding things from me, um, right. but it does happen. And I think that's why, you know, us women, we get a little bit... I don't know, apprehensive about that, or we feel ashamed or guilty about what we are consuming. So then we don't tell people what we're doing because what would they think of us or how would they, you know, react to me eating 2,800 calories, right? I mean, but I think it's, I think it's also because a lot of the other programs are kind of judgy yeah. about what you're eating because it's so prescribed. It's fit in this container and you know, you have to have like, make sure you have your five green containers and only have two yellows or, you know, you have your little pouch of dehydrated Optavia food um, for five meals a day. And then, so like when you have that prescription of food that you're supposed to eat on the program, that's so restrictive, you feel shamed if you can't maintain that unrealistic standard mm -hmm. for a long time like that's not sustainable it's not something someone cannot live off of containers and Optavia and whatever else indefinitely no. that's not normal it's not sustainable and so that contributes to people feeling 
like secretive and not wanting Mm -hmm. to be transparent. And I think what probably had benefited me was that I hadn't been doing any of those dietary programs for a while because I was just, you know, eyeballs deep in grief that I was just like, I'm just eating to survive. And, um, but yeah, I think it's easy to feel like you're doing something wrong Mm -hmm. and feel judged because of how diet culture is. Oh, a thousand percent. And I was no different, right? There, I would hide eat things. I, I did this reel not that long ago. There's this little like mom and pop shop bakery around the corner from us. We t- they do like pizza and pasties and all sorts of stuff there. And they have all these baked goods. Shit that I used to do would be order baked good while I'm waiting for my pizza. Eat the baked good. Nobody would fucking know I ate it. Nobody would know. And then I'd walk yeah. in and then I'd eat my pizza for dinner. Nobody right. knew. Nobody knew I was eat, eating that baked good before I came home because... I was by myself and I would do stuff like that. Um, That is a real thing. People do that because they're ashamed because they don't know how to handle. We're talking, I'm I'm talking a lot about this in my group coaching program now is like the emotional element of the eating, the binge eating and really us using it as a a coping mechanism. Like you were talking about, I was, you know, knees deep in, in grief and I was just eating. I was just eating to live, to survive and that's it. And and whatever went in, I didn't care. I didn't, it didn't matter. Crumble cookie for days. (laughs) Right? Yep. I know. I have crumble cookies still in my house. I could do without the fucking crumble cookie. Thank you. By now they're probably not as good as they were. So I would probably be able to say no to them now. But if I had all those crumble cookies in my house last week, I don't know if I would have been able to say no. Oh my God. There was so much crumble. I literally was like, what in the fucking shit is this? Why is there so much crumble cookie in my house? Why? I, this is unnecessary. This is 50 boxes were delivered to the hospital. And so he got to take two boxes home because like nobody was and in the hospital. there are five of you. There's five of us. Okay, we're talking 24. There was probably actually around 28 cookies in in these boxes because there were cookies stacked on the in the party box and I was like this is this is not okay and you're correct they don't taste as good right now they're starting to like stale out like if you pop it in the microwave it's like "Mm, it's okay (laughs) so there's "Mm." the hat so yeah the the hack is absolutely the microwave (laughs) make it soft (laughs) again (laughs) um but yeah so I mean I I a thousand percent agree with you like diet culture makes us feel this way like I had mentioned all the time with Weight Watchers man you get on that scale and the scale goes up you get that look like what'd you do what'd you eat Hmm? I know you ate that blizzard for 12 points Mm -hmm. what else you ate that day you know it's like and there's no consideration for anything else that's going on in your life. I mean, let's not negate the fact that I was in this shitty ass fucking marriage and hated my life minus my child. Cool. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that right. doesn't matter at all. That's not going to affect your weight at all. Yeah. Yeah, it is. No, it's the blizzard. It's only the blizzard for 12 points, by the way. <laughs> fucking blizzards. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah, again, diet culture, when you remember the points of everything on Weight Watchers. God. Well, and see, I did Weight Watchers when Weight Watchers still included fruits and vegetables. P.S. guys, they have calories as points. So like an apple was a point, a banana was maybe two or three points. I mean, I, 
I find it funny because it's like, well, what kind of banana, what size? Because you have smaller bananas or larger bananas, like, or my favorite is when you track a medium banana, like what the fuck is a medium sized banana? I don't fucking know. Right. But anyways, how many inches is that? Thank you. (laughs) Let's, (laughs) let's compare. Um, so it literally was like, we, I would go to these meetings and then they had this huge wall of bars and candy things and all this stuff. And it's like, this is where, this is where my relationship with food, right? And why food quality matters is because it's like, well, I can eat an apple for a fucking point, or you can eat this fucking little bar thing for a point that has chocolate Mm -hmm. and caramel. Who's not eating the fucking chocolatey caramel bar when you're at Weight Watchers? Nobody, nobody's teaching you that there's a reason why this apple should be eaten, which is why they made fruits and vegetables. No points so that more people would consume them. How about we just educate on why they're important? Right. And can I can I kind of like switch gears a little bit here? Because yeah. oh. I want to kind of rip off of that a little bit. So I, I really like fruit, veggies a little bit less. But I remember one of our check-ins where like you went through and you're like, okay, so like your you're hitting your calorie mark, you're hitting your protein mark, you're hitting your fat, you're hitting your carbs. But I don't see any fruits or veggies in like these three days in a row. And you said to me, there was no judgment. No. It was, can we, can we try to incorporate one veggie per day and one fruit per day? That's it. Like it was not, you have to have a fruit and a vegetable at every single meal. It was just trying to incorporate one per day. And we kind of like, you know, then because I'm a overachieving people pleaser, I was like, I'm going to have one with every meal. And like, but it was, you didn't force me to do that. It was, this would be a good idea. This Mm -hmm. would serve you Mm -hmm. in your journey. Um, It wasn't that I had to do it. I am 100% positive that if I had been like, yeah, I don't eat veggies, and then the next check-in, I don't feel like you would have hounded me about it or, like, guilted me about it. It would have just been, okay, what what do we need to do to compensate for this? Mm-hmm. But, like, that was huge, and it, it was, like, this would serve you to get your micronutrients, mm-hmm. and that's probably why, like... I don't know how many vegetables I've consumed, to be honest, over the past week. It's been pretty minimal. <laughs> same. <laughs> to I'm be not honest. It's the same. Same here. <laughs> but again, it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean that I have completely fallen off the wagon and I'm just going to throw in the towel now. Because I recognized two days ago that I really hadn't eaten very many fruits or veggies, I have made the conscious, like, it's it's because it's not been automatic, then I have to make it a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. Like how can I incorporate some more fruits and veggies for the rest of this week? I'm not waiting until Monday to incorporate fruits and veggies because it's January 1st. Now, how can I incorporate more fruits and veggies Mm -hmm. and finish this week out strong? Yeah. And I think that's a big shift. You know, I don't like to make huge giant, um, one, I don't demand. And two, I don't like to make huge giant shifts. 
If I have a client that's already like, I notice, oh, there's not a single fruit and veggie. If I think that that client, <clears throat> now Beth overachiever, as she mentioned, but if I think that client is majority of people will turn around and go, well, I'm going to have a fruit and veggie at every meal. I am setting myself up to expect something from a client that they're already showing they're not being successful with. So how is that client going to feel when I demand them to do something that they're already not successful? Well, you need to do this. Well, yeah, we all need to eat fruits and vegetables. Great. Thanks for telling me something I already fucking know, right? And it comes back to right. that. I know what to do. I just need to do it. It's not about, it's about kind of stepping into that power. Like you kind of just mentioned where it's in the subconscious part of your brain. And because it's not something that you are let's say it's not on autopilot for you. It doesn't automatically happen. You have to yeah. consciously make an effort to go, shit, I need to cook something to, to balance this meal, to have a vegetable or a fruit at this meal. I have to consciously make an effort to make that happen. But as a coach, there's coaches that'll say, you can't have this. You're not allowed to eat that. You can't have this. You can't have that. You must do this. Um, I know a coach that coaches women and you are not allowed to have any alcohol with her. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I also feel like if somebody's coming to me for help, they're probably already struggling with some shit, right? So right. for me to lay these blanket statements, you can't eat this, you're not allowed to have that, you're not allowed to eat this, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that, go, you better be getting in 55,000 steps a day, you better blah, 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 <laughs> right? Like, so unrealistic. Well, no wonder why some women still don't have success because they're never met where they're at. They're just, right. this is what you, hundred ounces of water, this, 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 like, okay, I don't need a fucking checklist. Like what is one thing that we can focus on? Right? Like that's how we start. Where can we focus right now? What's one thing that we can do? We started with protein. That's really right. where I have yeah. most, most of my clients start. Let's just track your protein. See yep. what happens, <laughs> you know? I think it was a whole month where we, we, I didn't even have a carb or a fat or a calorie goal. I think we started with just hit a hundred grams of protein a day. That's the only thing that you have to do right now. Yeah. And that was so key. I think for me personally to make those more permanent changes, like even now that I've kind of, you know, I was on vacation and whatever, like, I feel like I've almost reverted back to just focusing on my protein. Mm -hmm. Like that's what my focus has been this month. Am I hitting my 130 grams of protein? I'm not as worried about the carbs and the fats. I, I am probably hitting them or whatever, but that was, I know that that's something that I can focus on mm -hmm. because that was the first foundational building block. So it's almost like going back to the basic that you started me off with has helped me to like, I'm just going to focus on this one thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, that, and, and it's that's huge. enough. And that's enough. Like, mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of times <clears throat> I always typically have to tell people you're going to like, I, I try to get people in, right. You sign up and, and stuff. I try to get your apps and try to get you in. Cause there's nothing tangible here. It's just, you know, hi, here's an app good luck, you know, <laughs> but like I, so I try to keep people in and onboarded and get them focusing on something as quick as possible. Right. And then I have to remind them like, just so you know, it's going to seem kind of slow. 
It's, it's mm-hmm. going to feel very different. It's going to, you're not, I'm not going to give you 65 things to, to worry about right now. You know, some people aren't even ready for their protein goal, right? Some people it's just like, Hey, uh, let's just get some water. Let's, mm-hmm. let's drink some water today for the week. Cool. Right. And so it's a much slower process, right? When you order a program and I say order because you kind of <laughs> do, right? You get this thing in the, in the mail and you get to unbox it and all this food comes out or these cool containers and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't, I don't have that, but so I, I, so I do try to emulate by getting something to you as a client, but then it's very slow. It's a very slow process. Mm -hmm. All the programs have you do 85 things. It's, but the reason, and like you're talking about coming back to that foundational piece is because it's something that we really, really, really honed in and focused in. And typically, typically, if your protein is pretty close to where it needs to be, everything else just kind of falls into place. You don't feel the need to binge eat. You don't feel the need to have all these extras all the time. Because um, normally a person that has a higher protein diet has a lower carb and fat diet. I say lower, but not mm-hmm. low carb or low fat. But it, because it keeps it in check, it keeps your blood sugar regulated, all these things that protein does for our body that women typically are way under consuming protein. And so right. that's why it's such a foundational piece. It's why typically where I start with food is protein because it's really the, the building block of everything else, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, man, you've come so far. I tell you this all the time because you really are a completely different <laughs> person then when you came to me, you know, it's like night and day. And this is the cool thing about being a coach and sitting on this end. And the thing that drives me is watching that shift happen for clients. Um, yeah, it's, mm, I, I don't even know words. I don't even know words. It's like, well, a and it's, feeling. it's fun for me to like, like to hear. Cause like you said, there isn't like this box of things to unbox. But what I get, I don't get the box, but what I get is I get that person by my side. And I know I said it a whole bunch, like in this hour, hour, whatever it's been. But like, I, I have you saying to me, you're doing great. You like, I've seen growth. You're, I've seen progress. Like I have that. It's like, my little angel on my shoulder, like keeping me going. And that is so much more valuable than a box of containers. Yeah. Because I have that constant validation. Like I'm doing, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the thing and I'm making progress. And I am so excited to see what the next six months brings us mm-hmm. like in my training. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, let's, let's talk about I'm, that. Cause we haven't touched a lot. You, sure. you did mention a little bit like, Oh, like I'm feeling a lot stronger and, and whatnot, but let's talk a little bit about how you feel having a plan, how you feel, uh, being supported in that piece. Um, whatever you want to say about it. I don't know. You go for it. Yeah. So you like design my training and it switches up every couple of months. Um, and in the app, I'm able to see, I'm able to watch the increase in how much weight I'm lifting. And I never had that before because I had, you know, my 
five and 10 pound dumbbells and I didn't increase. I just kept on doing the same weight and I started off and this is my journey. I started off in June, you know, squatting with two 12 pound dumbbells and now I'm squatting with a 65 pound dumbbell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I have seen, and that for me is like, I'm not even like, the, I'm not worried about the number on the scale. I want to see my, my weights go up. I want to see just what I can have my body do for me. Um, so having the program and knowing that you went through and you designed what I'm going to do each of the four days a week. You, you went through and you planned that out for me and it's there. Like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to say, Oh, what should I do today? Like what? It's just there. And the app walks me through it. It beeps when it's time to start. I do my reps and then I enter it and then I wait until it beeps again. And then I do my next set. Um, and it's just nice to have that. And I, I'm not doing the same, you know, workout on the video with the same weight. Like, I'm like, okay, can I bump this up to the next weight? Can I go up by five pounds? And sometimes I can, and sometimes I do it for the first set and I'm like, oh, not yet. And I go back to the other weight, but like, I just love to see that number grow, Mm -hmm. to see what I'm lifting each week grow. It's, it's awesome. Well, and that's, you know, why when she talked about and mentioned earlier that she hasn't seen a lot of weight shift necessarily on the scale, what do your photos look like? Right, right. (laughs) Because I'm like, holy shit. Like this is, this is what, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is why we take photos. This is why you know, this piece is important. This is why strength training is important because strength training, you know, the, the food will be the size, but strength training will be the shape and your body. Like, it's like every time I go in and see your photos, I'm like, Oh, holy shoulders. Look at those shoulders. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. you know, because I know. that's exciting. And before, I was like a column. Like I went straight down before and yeah. now like it, like you can see that there's a curve in and I actually have a little bit of a waist mm-hmm. where before I, it was just, you could draw a straight line from like my armpit to my knee and there was no variation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's pretty exciting. Like that's, uh, that, and then that's kind of, you know, the drive and the motivation, if you will, I, I that was air quotes. If, if you're obviously not watching, but motivation, um, <laughs> is to kind of go and see like, what am I really capable of? Because once you start lifting and start training in that way to get strong, everything else just kind of falls into place. It's not about like, well, I didn't, um, I went, I went and worked out, so I can't eat these things because if I eat these things then I'm going to gain the weight, it's more or less like, okay, I went and trained. How do I support the training and how does my training support my food? And looking at it like, like that piece versus they are two separate things and they're really, they're really not, they can be supporting kind of the same thing, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's why I focus on my protein because I know that making sure that I get my protein in is what is going to help get stronger and help me lift more 
in the gym. Mm -hmm. I have to eat my protein so that I can be stronger. And I don't want to be a 70 year old woman who falls and breaks a hip. Um, I am an occupational therapist. And while I primarily work in schools now, part of my career was working with people after they had um, hip replacements, knee replacements, or other, you know, medical events. And you could tell if someone was fit before they had the surgery, because they had a much shorter length of stay. They recovered quicker. They were in less pain. And the people who were sedentary prior to their surgery or their medical event, they had a much longer road to recovery. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's a benefit to me as well. I know that I want to be fit and, and age in a healthy, strong way. Um, That's what I want for myself. And so I need to put in the work now so that I can grow, grow my strength so I can maintain that. Yeah. And once you grow it, it's really easy to maintain. Really, it doesn't require as much as what people think it does um, at all. And it's actually really funny. Yesterday, my kid wanted me to deadlift him because I had this shirt on last night. I can, I can, it says I can deadlift you. And nice. he's like, oh, deadlift me then, mom. I'm like, Blake, you weigh like an eighth of what I can deadlift, man. Like, calm down. Right. But <laughs> I couldn't figure out how his, he, he was weird and wonky and awkward about it. So it didn't work. But, um, Jaden, my daughter had made a comment about my deadlifting and how I, I had, you know, my response to her was, yeah, but that's, what's going to keep me moving when I get older. She's like, really deadlifting. That's what's going to keep you moving. I'm like, yup, it sure mm-hmm. is. It's absolutely going to <laughs> like, that right. is the thing actually. So it's, it's true. You don't want to, and I, I see, I look at my parents, my dad has had double knee replacement. My mom has had double hip replacement. My sister is 48 had hip replacement and we should just have like rheumatoid arthritis and some other things going on form of lupus. But, um, but I don't want to be that. And if I have to be that, because it's kind of what my genes have given me, so be it. It's not going to be because I didn't do my part. I didn't take care of myself. There's this old man at the gym who complains all the time about walking and all this stuff. And I'm just like, well, I mean, get you're here at the gym, which is great. But I said, this is why I do what I do now so that I don't have to be that when I get older. Right. You know, and it's, we don't think about that. I even think about going back and like, man, I really wish I know now what I knew before I had kids because even like doing pelvic floor work and the birthing process and all these things that I didn't even know anything about. I was like, damn, where was this shit 15 years ago? Like what the heck, you know? Um, Yeah. She don't know what you don't know. Shout out to that, by the way, for, (laughs) for anyone who is of childbearing age, Check out your local pelvic floor therapist. Yep. Um, because that's super, super helpful. And um, for the record, it's not, it's common, but not normal mm-hmm. um, to pee when you sneeze after you have a baby. Yeah. Very common. There are ways to fix that. <laughs> Very abnormal. <laughs> Very common. Like extremely common. Ugh. Right. So. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up here because it's been just over an hour. I'm going to let you go here. But I want you to just quickly, briefly say maybe something to somebody who's on the fence, somebody who has never done any kind of coaching like this before, or maybe they have and they had a bad experience, or uh, just like what made you pull the trigger? Like what was the thing that you're like, this is what I need? 
So I think that if you're, you're on the fence and you're thinking is, you know, I've tried all the other things. Is this going to be the thing that works? Um, my experience is yes, this is the thing that works. This is the thing that changed it all. Um, it is the education and the knowledge of how to take care of your body, fuel it appropriately, um, move it, strengthen it, that no other program, no other um, fad teaches you. Um, I personally think Sarah is the greatest. I love you. your delivery <laughs> um, and the way that you have taught me, you know, if, if she's not your cup of tea, there might be someone else that is, but I think having that individual coaching, having access to a person who is like you, like you say, the bumpers um, to keep you on the path mm -hmm. and the education. Um, you're not, you're not, my coach or my teacher, you're, you're teaching me how to be my best self and you are very holistic. And so if you are considering it, I mean, I, I personally would say jump in and I can tell you that from being on this side of it. Um, but I'm, I'm jumping in for another six months. I am, I want to see what I can do even more. I feel like I have the foundation and I want to see what I can do with that foundation. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I highly recommend finding a coach to help you support your goals. Thank you. Appreciate that. I do also think I'm the best, but you know, again, I, I get, I get, I mean, I come across, you know, kind of like brash and harsh, but at the end of the day, I really truly do love you guys. Like I love my clients, like, Love my little and you're not you're not brash when we're talking. No. It's no. not like you may come across brash in like your public outward appearance, but when we're one on one, there is nothing but love. There is nothing but support. Um and I think that that is important to say. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go read my Facebook post today. It's a little harsh. <laughs> it's a little out there. <laughs> I don't even want to click it back open because I'm afraid of like <laughs> the comments that might be on there. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to thank you. One, thank you for trusting me. I'm so grateful that you are in this space with me. And uh, I'm just like, I, I keep telling her because literally there's just been so many moments that it's like these light bulbs just keep going off for you. And I'm like, this is it. <gasps> There's another one. <gasps> oh my God. It's like, like, <laughs> it is kind of like reminding me of like when I was a teacher, it is a little bit like that. Um, where it's like, I was a choir teacher or, or, a a music teacher. So it's like when everything just like comes together and it all sounds so pretty, that's like what it is for me. Um, mm -hmm. but Thank you. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for sharing your experience with me, with uh, the world. And I just, I really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. And I'm so excited. I appreciate you too. For these next six months. Yeah, we're going to kick ass and take names. So.
I know. I'm it's going to be so great. So, all right, you guys, if you have any questions about the coaching, please just reach out, shoot me a DM um, and let me know. As you can tell here, it's, it's not a uh, one size fits all. This is a meet the person where they are and get your results on your own terms kind of thing. So if you have questions about that, please reach out. Also, don't forget we have a group coach program, Weight Loss for Real Women. That's coming January 15th, it starts. And then also uh, my hybrid personal training coaching program, which I know Beth's not super excited that she's not local to me, but (laughs) I am debating at some point making it virtual. So there is a possibility coming in the future. Um, but there is also that we start January 10th in person. So either questions, you guys, any questions you have about that, about any of those options, reach out, let me know, and we'll talk to you on Friday No Filter. Thanks so much for listening today. If you laughed, learned, or just felt a vibe, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Your support keeps this ass train chugging along. If you're ready to embrace the basics with a twist, follow me on social media. Links are in the show notes, and let's see the ways we can work together. All right, basics bitches, you're not just listeners. You're part of the revolution. Remember, skinny's out, basics are in, and you're looking damn good doing it. So until next time, stay basic.